Hello and welcome to Wellness Warriors Unscripted. I am your host, Gina Jane. Today we will be talking about mental health, a current update on life, and how to deal with everyday struggles. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's actually been quite a while since I've recorded a podcast episode. And part of me is hesitant to share my message and my concept of taking mental health out of a strictly medical or holistic model and moving it into interdisciplinary wellness because I'm afraid of being seen. I'm afraid of the judgments that come with it. I'm afraid that my voice is not as good as others out there. I figure that everyone else has so many good things to say that how how can what I say be any different? How can what I say be valuable when they've already put this and that out there and it's helped me so much and I'm very appreciative of it? And that's one of the skews we find in the wellness industry, whether you're involved in it or you're involved in some other artistic expression. Even in sports, you find people quitting every day because they just see that other people have done it better or other people are doing it equally as good and there are so many of them. So why would I need to continue? We find the skew happening a lot in workplaces even. If my coworker is doing the same job that I am, but they're getting more praise than I am, then I must be doing something wrong. Or I must be performing poorer. Whereas they may just be the loudest voice in the bunch. So bringing it back around, I've been having this overwhelming sense of not being enough, not doing enough, um, not feeling good enough. And there are a lot of different factors that can go into it. You know, I've been dealing with a lot of stress on my mind and on my body And I haven't necessarily talked about it. I've retreated back into myself uh, to hopefully hibernate on different ideas and and cultivate a sense of well-being and worth and give myself time and a break from putting myself out there. And when I say putting myself out there, I do mean sharing my message and my ideas and my research out to social media, out to family and friends, out to publishers with writing. Um, And I maybe not stepped away enough. I may have shifted my focus. So I may have shifted my focus from trying to post on social media every day to trying to work 60 hours a week. And both of those things are are toxic to 
my life and my my well-being even though they are focused on improving my well-being whether it be uh, having good pay for the week good pay for the pay period or expressing myself and and sharing my message of mental health being important so even though working and sharing parts of my life that are uh, vulnerable and scary those are both things that I, I do enjoy doing I enjoy my work even though it can be tedious I enjoy sharing on social media even though it can be scary I love doing them but it seems as if every aspect is wearing me down everything from hanging out with friends to working a 12-hour shift to even working a two-hour shift uh, to cooking dinner to the thought of having to walk the dog in this long and dreary winter it's everything has been growing it into a bigger and bigger monster and I've been shrinking trying to throw up little walls that get knocked down so quickly so I what I mean by that is I'll try to take time for myself and I, I have the privilege of controlling parts of my schedule so maybe one day I do not feel good and so the next day I decide I'm not doing a 12-hour shift that's ridiculous so I'm gonna do an eight-hour or I'm gonna take the day off because I have that privilege of doing so I need to take the day for me what happens typically is that I'll, I'll sleep in I'll give myself rest but when the rest isn't repaid by my body's energy levels my soul doesn't feel rested from the physical rest it's gotten over one morning or even an entire day. I become so frustrated again. Because in my own body, I'm like, God damn it, body, I gave you rest. I let you sleep in. I went and uh, got my hair done. I uh, ate food that I really liked. And now you're still in pain and you're still having negative thoughts uh, I tried everything I'm trying everything and and you're still sucking it still sucks and it becomes a cyclical experience get overwhelmed take a break breaks not good enough because I still feel overwhelmed take another break still feel overwhelmed so I'm not good enough and taking a break was stupid and now I've missed hours and it just spirals out of control so the best thing I think I can do at this time and I suggest it to a lot of people is just talk about it you may not be able to fix whatever shitty situation you're in. But keeping it to yourself isn't 
going to help anything. Putting it out there may not change anything other than your suffering in silence. You know, why is suffering in silence glamorized so much? Maybe the silent broody type in all the chick flicks and Nicholas Sparks movies that the girl has to unravel his emotional side. Why Why is his crying and showing emotion and being passionate why is that a, a bad thing in my opinion it's not you know it might be uncomfortable it's definitely uncomfortable to break down crying because you didn't like the way your hair looks after you got it done which was me yesterday <sighs> It feels stupid. It feels so trivial. Especially when we're taught to appreciate every little thing because some kid in Africa doesn't have beans to eat. Some little kid in Africa doesn't get to have their hair done. Therefore, you should be happy regardless of what it looks like. like that, that's not how that works. The whole concept of you can't be sad because someone else has it worse. I, I'm not sure why that's still a accredited uh, concept. In my opinion, that's bullshit. I can be sad because I feel sad. I can cry because I feel sad. There, there doesn't have to be a long-winded five-paragraph essay on justification to cry today you feel your feelings if we don't feel our feelings then we're only pushing them and it may feel like we're pushing them away but we're just pushing them deeper deeper into a horrible place where they fester like embers of a fire that get easily relit by even the smallest of situations and that's what's been happening in my life I get set off and I'll burst out angry or I'll burst out crying and I don't know quote unquote I don't know why But in reflection, it makes so much sense. If I'm not fully processing something that has bothered me, and I have felt as if I've gotten over it or I don't need to process it, but one little thing could happen, and it could light the flame, the flame of anger, the flame of resentment, Fear, sadness, depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, it is relit and reinvigorated so easily due to that little pile of embers of feelings that were hated and not felt, hated and pushed 
away, pushed down instead of felt. Feeling your feelings is, is rarely the easiest option. In some cases, even feeling joyful can be uncomfortable. If you're in pain at your baseline or if you're sad at your baseline and you feel immense joy over something happening, it may be uncomfortable. You may spend that entire joyous time waiting for something wrong to happen because that's just what you're used to. Instead, if we were able to be mindful, if we were able to stay in the present moment, then we would have the appreciation for the joyousness. We could acknowledge that this is out of our usual. We could acknowledge that this is way above our baseline. We could acknowledge that it's uncomfortable. But then we come back to what's happening right now and that is joy it's all about what's coming coming back to right now what is happening in this moment it start by naming things around you use your five senses it is a incredible tool that I use often for panic attacks. And often my partner has to coach me through it, to which I am not ashamed of at all because in times of panic, I don't want to do a damn mindfulness exercise to name things in my environment. But it's necessary and it's enough to pull you out of the spiral that has you headed down every avenue that isn't helpful and into the situation you're currently facing. Again, this situation might suck and this situation may not be able to be solved. But it is way better to ruminate on one thing than it is to fall on that wheel and not even be able to make a sentence because you're thinking about so many different things. So, the exercise itself. Start with five. Identify five things in your environment that you see. And you can do this silently or you can do this out loud. I found that it's a little more powerful out loud because you're really stating it. But if you're having, you know, panic symptoms in public, I realize that it's probably best to do it inside your head. Okay, so five things that you see. I see a couch, a gray couch. I see the TV. I see a green box. I see four chairs. And I see a door. 
Next, move on to four things that you can touch, that you are touching currently. So I am touching the couch. It is soft. Add in qualifiers. Add in more information about these things. I am touching my dog. He is warm. I am in contact with my socks. I feel my socks on my feet. And I feel my phone in my hand. Okay. Next, moving on to things you can hear. So it gets a little more challenging, all right? So I can hear my own voice speaking. I can hear my dog licking his toes. (laughs) And I can hear the faint sound of the heater being on. It does really make you tune in. All right. So now we're down to number two. Number two is two things that you can smell. Now, number two is nearly impossible when you're crying. All right, I'll just give you that heads up. But typically, I just acknowledge that I can't smell anything because I'm crying in sobbing tones. Uh, Let's see right now. I can smell the shirt I'm wearing. It's surprisingly clean. Woohoo to me. And I can smell... My mm, drink I have nearby. I have Crystal Light. Because Crystal Light is awesome. And I'm not going to drinking plain water. Moving on. One thing that you can taste. All right. And obviously you can go and you can get something you can taste or sometimes I cop out and say my mouth tastes moist. Sorry if you hate that word. Um, Even though moist is more of a texture. Anyway, make it your own. That is the five senses exercise. And it is a really helpful tool that takes a lot of practice. I'm not going to lie to you. And sometimes it, it takes a partner to help. You know, you're not going to get it right every time. You're going to try and name five things and go, couch, TV, door, chair, refrigerator, floor. And it's not going to be too too helpful when we, when we do that. The whole point of it is to slow down. It is to pause. It is to find where we are. So it may take one or two tries to even get through it the whole way without being attached to other thoughts passing by. It is possible, though. I will say that. It is possible. It can be done. So as I'm finding myself in a low point still, everything feels very heavy. I'm doing my best to speak out in these times. 
this vulnerability doesn't stop when I feel less good. Authenticity doesn't just happen when everything is going fine. It happens at these points too. So if you're out there and you're struggling with whatever it may be, could be something that you have identified you may have in common with me or not. There are other people out there who are having the same struggles. So you are not alone no matter how alone it feels, how isolating it feels. So that's why I wanted to come on and and speak today to get that off my chest and to admit that it's not all great. And you can still help others even when it's not all great. Thank you guys. I hope you have a lovely week and I hope to talk to you again soon. Mm